over to Ho Chi Minh City at the end of August. Uh, Pastor Bob and Maggie will be on that team and we're going to be running a training seminar for 100 pastors that have come in from all over Vietnam. Uh, we're just going to spend a bit of time encouraging them and teaching them in the Word of God uh, and how to grow their churches. Uh, the rural pastors in Vietnam are facing a huge amount of persecution right now and it will be a real privilege for us to be able to spend some time with them. Well, it's great to be here today, and we're going to be uh, we're starting this series called At the Movies. And the reason we're doing this is because there are some fantastic movies out there with some fantastic messages in them. And so for the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at that. This week, next week, uh, then we're going to have a one-week break when we have Pastor Shane Willard coming, which is going to be absolutely... Un- I literally don't know how we got this guy here. Um, he's normally booked up two years in advance. That's his itinerary, two years in advance. So a real privilege to be able to hear him here on that Sunday morning, and then we'll have the third one in the, at the movie series the week after that. So let us begin. You know, when I was at school, there were the popular crowds. I'm sure it was for you as well. You know, various cliques of variously cool people, cool for being good looking, uh, or cool for being athletic, or worst of all, cool for being good looking and athletic. And... Um, And then there was one other group that were the too tough to care and just tough enough to enforce that. Now, what there were, there was underneath that, there was another layer of of people, and these were the the kind of unpopular groups. Uh, And um, these were the kind of the geeks and the nerds and those that a little bit different from other people didn't really fit in. And these were the ones that the cool crowd picked on when they needed somebody to pick on to feel better about themselves. Now, most of us are aware of that. However, some of us aren't aware of the existence of a third level. The one or two unlucky individuals who, when the unpopular group needs someone to pick on, they picked on them. And yes, I there was a season in my life when I was blessed enough to be that guy. When I was the guy the geeks picked on, when they needed to feel better about themselves. And I remember, you know, I remember in one particular moment going, oh my gosh, like I literally have nobody in this school. I am utterly alone. Everyone say, oh, yeah, thank you, thank you. I feel better now. It was a tough place. It was a tough season. Thank God for seasons, eh? You know, the reality is that at some point in our lives, everybody is under it. At some point in our lives, every one of us, We find ourselves under it. And so often the bullies are bullied. And I remember there was this one kid who was the master bullier in our school. And I remember one time just before he left school, in a bizarre kind of confession, he sat down with me and he talked all about what his life was like and how tough it was that every Friday night when the pubs closed, his father would come home and beat the heck out of him and his sister and his mother. That made a whole lot more sense. Tragically, then, too often the bullied become the bullies. And each of us will face it, and most of us already have. So how do we get on in this life, and how do we be successful, and how do we both not be put down, and how do we not be the one who puts other people down? You know, some people think that Jesus mandated being weak when he said, turn the other cheek. 
when he said go the extra mile, but I'm not convinced. It doesn't seem to fit with me. It doesn't seem to fit the Jesus who when a crowd tried to take him to throw him off a cliff, he just turned around and walked through them and they could not lay a hand on him. It doesn't fit with the Jesus who made a whip and went into the temple and kicked out everything and everyone because he protested what it was being used for. It doesn't fit with me with the Jesus who stood up to the most powerful religious people in his community in the day and called them, rightly so, snakes. This is not a man who is weak. This is not a man who is a doormat. Now, I think that there's another strategy Another thing that Jesus is advocating, the use of a different weapon that had much more to do with using the power of kindness and service and taking responsibility to disempower the powerful and to inspire instead of control. You see, every one of us here today, we all have the same question. How can we be successful and how do we make a difference and make it to heaven without getting beaten down by the evil and the cynicism and the corruption of the world? Someone essentially asked Jesus this. Teacher, he said in Luke chapter 10, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And understanding that this is the Jewish concept of eternal life, both now and in the hereafter. What is written in the Lord? Jesus replied, how do you read it? And he answered, Lord, uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? He's saying, yes, that's the way. That's the way. That's the way to have life here and eternal life. The way to do that is to love God with everything that you have and love your neighbor as yourself. And in the, and the practice of those two things becomes totally life transformative. God dwells in that. God fills that. There is life in the midst of that. But the scripture says, he wanted to justify himself. And so he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Do you hear what he's saying? Love who? Jesus, who, do, who am I meant to love? Uh, who exactly is my neighbor so I can be clear? Can, can I just love those I like? That'd be a whole lot easier. Uh, can, I, can I just love those who are like me? That would be a whole lot easier. And so Jesus told a story. And we're going to look at a movie that portrays that same principle brilliantly today. Welcome to the movie Wonder. Now in the the movie Wonder, we see the story of a boy named Augie, short for August. He's an ordinary kid except for one thing. He is born with a facial deformity called Treacher-Collins syndrome. 27 surgeries up to the age of 10 throughout his young life have enabled him to see and to hear, and to breathe, but he is a child with obvious and initially shocking physical differences. Now, Augie is a really intelligent kid. Not only is he intelligent, he loves space, fascinated by space travel. In fact, he wears a spacesuit helmet that was given to him as a gift, which not only kind of connects him in his imagination with the men and women who travel in space, but it becomes a safe place in which he can hide his facial disfigurement. 
Now, at age 10, his parents, Isabel, played by Julia Roberts, and Nate, played by Owen Wilson, come to the realization that it's time for Augie to move into the real world. Augie's been homeschooled by, uh, up until this point in his life. His mother um, put her career on hold. But now it's time. Augie's got to step into this. And they are quietly terrified regarding how their son will be treated by the other kids. But they've made the decision, and so they send him out on the journey into the world that at some point he must make. We pick up this movie on Augie's first day of school. I'll meet you right here after school, okay? Right here. I love you. Love you too. I'll see you later. Can you hear me? If they stare, let them stare. You can't blend in when you were born to stand out. We're gonna have a little man-to-man. Now, I gotta stop here because past this point is a no-dad zone and you don't wanna walk up with your parents because it's not cool. But you're cool. I know I am, but technically most dads aren't, so... Neither are these helmets. Two rules. First, only raise your hand once a class, no matter how many answers you know, except for science. Crush them. Check. Second, you're going to feel like you're all alone, Augie, but you're not. Check. Should we lose this? Come on. Costumes are for Halloween. Prepare for blast-off. Love you. Have fun. Bye. Have an excellent mission and Godspeed. We are ready to proceed at this time. 10, 9, 8, 7. Dear God, please make them be nice to you. Imagine for a moment how Augie's probably feeling about his first day of school, about the challenges that are ahead. And Wonder is an extraordinary story about kindness, which like all great stories of kindness, deals with the heartbreaking and all too familiar reality of unkindness. Now, unkindness is interesting because unkindness occurs across the spectrum. Unkindness can be seen in violence and hate, But unkindness is also seen in indifference and avoidance. It includes sins of commission, sins we do, but it also includes sins of omission, things that are sins because we don't do them. You see, just not being unkind is not kindness. Kindness is something we must engage in. Now, this story includes people who put Augie down, but it also includes people who simply don't pick Augie up. It includes people who go out of their way, out of their way to hurt Augie. And it also includes people who simply didn't go out of their way at all. 
Both are unbelievably destructive, aren't they? You know, all of us at some point have experienced this in, in some way, somewhere on the spectrum. In Augie's life, the unkindnesses he experiences are devastating. We're going to go back to one more short clip here. That is not the way we leave the table. Hey, come on. Talk to me. Sit down. Take that off, please. It'll be okay. Why do I have to be so ugly? You are not ugly, Augie. You just have to say that because you're my mom. Oh, because I'm your mom, it doesn't count? <laughs> yeah. Because I'm your mom, it counts the most. Because I know you the most. You are not ugly, and anyone who cares to know you will see that. They won't even talk to me. It matters that I look different. I try to pretend that it doesn't, but it does. I know. Is it always going to matter? I don't know. Well, honey, listen. Look at me. We all have marks on our face. I have this wrinkle here from your first surgery, and I have these wrinkles here from your last surgery. This is the map that shows us where we're going. And this is the map that shows us where we've been. And it's never, ever ugly. What about your gray hair? Jesus told a story about people who went out of their way to put someone down, to beat them up, to rob them, abandon them. And it includes people who did not go out of their way to pick that person up. This is the story Jesus told. A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him, and they went away, leaving him half dead. I'm sure we've read this story before. Have you ever stopped in the reading of that story and wondered how that brutal attack left that man feeling? I guarantee you, like Augie, it was devastating. He would have been overcome with feelings of doubt about his future. Terror about his vulnerability and failure and weakness, anger at these people who had done this to him, 
and this is society, the society that let these things happen. And no doubt he would have been angry at God as well. And who is there to pick him up? Luke chapter 10, verse 31, a priest, a priest happened to be going down the same road. And when he saw the man, when he saw the man, what did he do? What, what do we do when we see that? When we see someone in the workplace who's been picked on or put down, when we see someone in a tough place, when we see them, what do we do? The priest saw him and he passed by on the other side. So too a Levite, not a priest, but someone who served, served in the synagogue, served in church. When he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. Now, Jesus is asking, sorry, the man is asking Jesus about who is he responsible for? Who does he meet the needs of? And this man was an expert in the law, we're told. This man understood that what these robbers had done, this wasn't just some kind of, this kind of some low-level robbery. The law of God specifically speaks to this issue and talks about the consequences for these things. And the man asking this knew that these men were so far out of line and that according to the law of God, they should have been judged. And now the very two representatives who should have been doing that, judging and taking hold of this man and fighting for his rights instead do absolutely nothing. There's some powerful lessons here. In both the scriptures and the movie, number one, don't be that person who puts people down. And so often we see on, on television and on movies, we see this is, this is a hallmark of successful people. They, they can put people down with impunity. They can be cynical. They can be hard. And they can do these things. But you know what? In real life, all that does is damage people. Don't be that person. Fight against it. I know in my life, I've had seasons when I found myself responding to people in ways that ultimately are destructive. We've got to weed those things out of our lives. We cannot afford in our short lifespan to be people who are engaged in that level of unkindness. Secondly, don't be the person, listen to this, don't be the person who is too important or too busy or too holy to show kindness. The priest and the Levite and some of the kids at the school who avoid having anything to do with Augie and put them down and speak about them from afar. They're the people that are doing these things. And you and I know people who do these things. And chances are, if we're really honest, we've also been those people as well. And that's what I love about what God does in my life. Because of the blood of Jesus, my sin is dealt with, my guilt is taken away, I'm given a new start. So I love about the mercy of God that's new every morning is that every morning I get to start again. I get to put behind me the things of yesterday and I get to be my best self for him and for every person I come across in my day. The great news is that in life there are always those who are people of kindness, those brave ones. Those brave ones like you who know what it is to step up and step out and reach out a hand. Those brave ones, everyday people who walk across the street to help somebody out, or walk across a room 
or walk across a school cafeteria out of a heart of courageous kindness. Let's watch this. Hey, Jack, come sit here. In a sec. Where's he going? Hey, thanks for your help today. No problem. And don't worry, I got a couple wrong, so Miss Potosa wouldn't know. I'm not worried. The worst they can do is kick me out. Not loving school either, huh? Oh, it's great. <laughs> I wanted to go to Way Middle, one of the great sports teams. Then why'd you come here? They gave me the scholarship. Well, if you need help in science, you can come to my house after school. You know, if you want. Great, thanks. What's wrong? I just don't like eating in front of people. What do you mean? It's a long story, but when I eat, I think I chew like some prehistoric swamp turtle. No joke, me too. <laughs> now there's tuna in your face. Yeah, tuna man. No, 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 let me show you how it's done. <laughs> Dude, that's even more gross. Year. I like Halloween, but Christmas is still the best holiday. No way, Halloween is the best. A pillowcase of candy versus two weeks off school. You're nuts. <laughs> you see? Even your dog agrees. Hey, Mom, is it okay if Jack comes over? Yes! <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. B. I mean, you get snow on Christmas. But you can get snow on Halloween. It feels like... You weren't meant to see that last slide. Let's go back to the story Jesus is telling. In Luke chapter 10, But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, again, someone who saw him, when he saw him, he took pity on him, and he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he put the man on his own donkey and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have had. Now, which of these three do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell into the hand of the robbers? And the expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. You know, kindness and courage are closely connected because there will always be a reason not to be kind. And it takes courage to overcome our fears and our prejudices and our worries or our needs. You know, C.S. Lewis says, courage is not a virtue. He says, courage is the form of of every virtue at the testing point. Courageous kindness is what this world needs. Courageous kindness is what we need. Courageous kindness is what those around us 
need. Be the person who is kind to those who are different, who look different or who believe different or who behave different. It's been amazing on, on Thursday mornings. Uh, three weeks ago, we had, we had over 80 people, babies and mums in here. We, we counted up afterwards and we realized that about 5% of them come from our church congregation. 95% don't. We had our first lady walk in with a full Muslim burqa on. Come be a part of the program, bring a child. We don't have to believe what they believe in order to be courageously kind. If Jesus were here, what would Jesus do? He'd have his arms open wide. Secondly, be kind to people that are worse off than you. You know, the reality is everyone is fighting a battle. Everyone's fighting a hard battle. And there are some people that are fighting a harder battle. And we need to be the ones to extend kindness. Thirdly, be kind to people when it's inconvenient or when it's going to cost you something, something financial, or maybe it's going to cost you popularity, or maybe it's going to cost you a promotion. You see, kindness is particularly important to God when no one else really sees it. No one really saw what these few who befriended Augie did. They didn't get it. No one else saw the Samaritan and the challenges that he faced, but God did. And more than the grand gesture is the unseen kindness that so impresses heaven. Matthew 6, Jesus speaking, but when you do a kindness to someone, do it secretly. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing and your father, who knows all secrets, will reward you. You realize that God is looking to reward people who are courageously kind and will do it whether someone is watching or not. You know, courageous kindness is not only needed to extend kindness to someone, but it's also needed in being kind when we are the recipient of others' kindnesses. You know, some people, you try and do stuff for them, and I don't know, they just, no, no, I'm fine, I'm good, don't want charity, no, I'm all fine. But actually, you know what, it takes courage to acknowledge someone else's bravery and to graciously receive that. You see, it's only in the giving and the receiving that kindness becomes transformative. This is what Jesus came to show us. This is where God works. It's interesting, in the movie, some of those who at the beginning perpetrated the unkindness were ultimately won over by Augie's kindness and courage. Courageous kindness, people, is infectious. It creates something that influences people. It makes a difference. When you are courageously kind, it carries up hearts. We're going to watch the final scene from the movie now. Ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, graduates, final award this morning is the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to honor students who have been notable or exemplary. Usually, it's a good works, a service award. But I came upon a passage that he wrote 
which made me realize that good works come in many forms. Greatness, he wrote, lies not in being strong, but in the right using of strength. He or she is the greatest whose strength carries up the most hearts by the attraction of his own. Without further ado, this year I am very proud to award the Henry Ward Beecher Medal to the student whose quiet strength has carried up the most hearts. So, will August Pullman please come up here to receive this award? Death Star. All I did was get through fifth grade, just like everyone else here. Congratulations. That's for you. Then again, maybe that's kind of the point. Maybe the truth is, I'm really not so ordinary. Maybe if we knew what other people were thinking, we'd know that no one's ordinary. And we all deserve a standing ovation, at least once in our lives. My friends do. My teachers do. My sister does for always being there for me. My dad does for always making us laugh. And my mom does the most for never giving up on anything, especially me. It's like that last preset Mr. Brown gave us. Be kind, for everyone is fighting hard battle. And if you really want to see what people are, all you have to do is look. Kindness is that contagious courageous act that makes a difference and releases a chunk of heaven on earth what is one kindness that you can do today that will carry up hearts that will uplift somebody who desperately needs to be uplifted because the wonder of kindness is that strangely it changes the world can't encourage you enough to see this movie. The movie has far more uh, richness and depth to it than, than just the small thread we've been able to pull out this morning. 
But let's stand together and pray as we close today. And may we be challenged again to live with rich, real, deep kindness. To understand that Jesus never advocated Christians to be weak or doormats, but he asked us to use kindness to change cultures and to reach a lost and hurting world and to be the answers everywhere we go. Mighty God, we thank you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Lord. Jesus, thank you for that phenomenal story that you shared, Lord. Thank you for this incredible story, God, that we've watched this morning. Lord, I pray each of us will have our hearts moved today. And God, as we go this place, I go from this place, Lord, I pray, Lord God, that for every one of us here, that we are reminded again of the kindnesses that others have showed us that have been so transformative in our lives. God, use us. God, let us be ones who can show great kindnesses to others. And as always, Lord, we thank you for the great kindness that you have shown us in Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Once again this morning, Lord, we put our faith in you. We trust you with our lives, with our past, our present, and our future. I pray this week, Lord, that you will move through us, Lord, as we reach out in kindness to those around about us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Nothing shall be impossible. Your kingdom reigns unstoppable. We'll shout your praise forevermore. Jesus, our God, unstoppable. Wednesday night, we have our Dream Team night. If you're a life group leader, if you are a team leader or in a team, we want to see you here on Wednesday night. It's going to be a fun night. Make sure you don't miss it. Get out there and be kind, courageously, bravely, infectiously kind to those around about you. God's going to change your world through you. So good to see you. We'll see you back next week for part two in our At The Movies series. And get out there and have some good coffee this morning. You guys are amazing. We love you.